The KZ era is officially over in Miami with the news today that the Heat have traded away their 2019 second round draft selection to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll break down what the trade means and Miami's options moving forward before looking at the recent announcement regarding the 15 best coaches in NBA history and how the Heat franchise is very well represented. Great episode you don't want to miss here on Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Thursday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, it looks like the game started a little early for the Miami Heat regarding the NBA trade deadline. Less than 24 hours away from the official deadline, the Miami Heat have made a move. Rather old school, too. No Woj right. bomb, no Shams bomb. Sending out a tweet saying, oh, by the way, we've traded away KZ Opala, who they've drafted in the 2019 NBA draft, and they sent him to the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange for a second-round pick. There are more details of this draft that we'll get into a little bit later because, Wes, you've got some concerns about what the draft or what the trade means for the Miami Heat. Yeah, the more I chew into this, the more interesting it is. And it was so fun. I'm glad you bring up the way that this trade was announced. It was like an email into the inbox for people who cover the team. And then uh, if they could have uh, said it by fax, they would have done it. <laughs> exactly. And I think the, the Miami Heat official Twitter account tweeted it out. And then somebody replied yeah. to it. Like, I'm not going to believe it until Wozier Shams reports it. And, and the Twitter account responded to that guy, bro, we're the official team account. This is legit. Yeah. It's yeah. this. That was the this. This never happens. Ever and what it does, what it reflects, what it underscores, really is just how even Woj and Shams, and this has been known for a long time, but they're not really plugged in with Miami because nobody's plugged in with Miami. We don't know what they're doing, Uh, and Oklahoma City a little bit more. But yeah, you're right. Like they, I guess they weren't calling Oklahoma City. Um, Nobody's ever plugged in with the Heat, and the Heat break their own news. This is it's it's incredible that this could still happen in in this day and age. Uh, But buried deep in that press release was the fact that they unlock that they adjusted the protections. For a 2025 first that they have owed to Oklahoma City, it and now it's going to be lottery protected for 2025, unprotected in 2026. And what that does is it uh, gives Miami the ability to now trade their 2022 or their 2023 first round pick. And and we'll touch on that here because again, the more I look at it, the more I chew on it, the more interesting it is. But first on its face, the the reason the fir- there's a few reasons why Miami might have been doing this. One of them is very obvious and very clear. Um, you you clear a roster spot, right. but moreover, you clear the salary cap space. You're now 1.9 million dollars below the luxury tax line. That's going to give you a- plenty of space, plenty of space, plenty of well, cushion. Before, to before looking Caleb ahead, Martin. before looking ahead to what Miami could do, we'll just say look. Casey Opala had been injured. He had some wrist issues this season. He did play in 21 games a season, but just 63 games over the past three seasons that he spent with Miami. So it wasn't like he was really a factor. Some of those games have been pretty solid. He started to show some progress, but that was the thing with KZ. It was always kind of waiting for him to show 
incremental growth and it just took too long. And I think for Miami, they just said, you know what? We can't really afford to continue waiting for him to show something that makes it worthwhile for him to be on this roster. On top of that, they give him to Oklahoma City Thun- to the Thunder and he-, he could get more playing time there. I-, I mean, if he's able to come back to the floor at some point this season, maybe the whole wrist injury was somewhat exaggerated with the heat. He can find a way to flourish there. We'll see how it plays out. But yeah. Uh, yeah. He was the odd man out. I mean, you talk about all the young guys with the Gabe Vincents, the Struces, yeah. Caleb Martin, all like the Yurtsevin. He was the odd man out. And when you're a team in the position that the Heat are in, where you want to win the finals, you right. can't really allocate that many roster spots to developmental right. projects. And I think the one project on this roster now, at least for now, is Omer Yurtsevin because Caleb, Gabe, Struce, they're young, oh, yeah, but they're yeah. contributors right now. They're, they're contributors uh, as, of, as of now. So, yeah, now you're going to promote Caleb Martin to the regular 15-man roster. That makes him eligible for the playoffs. That's really the important part of, of that whole deal. Um, but now... Well, that, that seems likely to happen. We're, we're saying this, and we've been saying it for a while. That seems like a very obvious move. It, was it always has not happen. happened officially. Yeah, it hasn't yeah, happened but officially. It, but it'll happen. Um, yeah, you make a move like this almost completely so you can do something like that, at least in part. And you actually, because of the prorated minimums and how that works... Uh, you can actually buy uh, or, or or sign one of the guys that could be on a buyout, right? And mm-hmm. potentially fill out this 15-man roster completely and um, and add a guy who gets bought out after the deadline. And so with that, you have some flexibility. I know you and I are going to talk about some buyout guys here in a little bit. But again, um, you promote Caleb Martin to this uh, 15-man roster. That's step one. The step two part of it is a lot more mysterious. And I go back to this. You traded, you adjusted the protections on this pick where you were pretty safe, but you also weren't, you kind of locked up your flexibility for the, until 2027. You unlock, you adjust the protections now, and now the 2025 pick is lottery protected in the first round. Right. But then if it doesn't convey, it's unprotected in 2026. Right. And that's interesting only because you don't really see front offices do that anymore, right? You're seeing in the Lakers right now. They have an unprotected first in 2027 that they can deal. And even they're reluctant, according to all the reports out of the Lakerland. Even they are reluctant. The Lakers, the most win-now team ever conceived, they are reluctant to part with their 2027 pick because it is scary. You don't know what's going to happen in 2027. You don't know. That pick could easily be the first pick in the draft. And that's the case for Miami, too. You never think that the Heat will end up being that bad. But Jimmy Butler will be 35 that year. Only Jimmy, Bam Adebayo, and Duncan Robinson will be under contract for that season. Obviously, you, you expect how Hero sign extension. He'll be under contract for that season, too. But Kyle Lowry will be retired by then. Well, he'll certainly be done with his contract in Miami. Um, like, there's, there's some risk. And you're leaving yourself with, with a pretty wide blindside in 2026. So whatever you're doing this for, you better think it's worth it, is all I'm saying. I- I think, look, the Lakers comparison seems a little unfair because you're right about that team being much more win now. Miami has managed to do something pretty remarkable in the sense that they're both win now and they're also looking ahead to the future. Maybe not through draft capital, but certainly with two players on the cusp of all-star selections. Bam, already a one-time all-star. You've got Tyler Hero as a sixth man of the year. You've got other young players that you can always find a way to develop, et cetera, to get the most out of. I think they're positioned just fine. Certainly, they don't see themselves as a lottery team anytime in the future. And if they wind up giving up a 2006 draft pick for, who knows, mystery box A, they just, they've never cared. Like, I, I know that it just seems atypical in today's NBA, 
But when has Miami ever done business like everybody else in the NBA? It's a family organization. They take care of their own. They don't care about draft picks. Draft picks are promises written in the yeah. wind somewhere. They don't mean anything to this front office. Who knows? Pat Riley might be retired at that point. Well, they mean and something. They mean something because they they, they just jumped through this hoop and it wasn't hard. But they just did all of this to unlock. Well, those we're also assuming we're also assuming they're not going to just turn that around and trade it to somebody else, right? I mean that they could certainly do that as well. Well, that's what I think we're talking about. Is why would you do this now, if not to turn around and trade that twenty-two pick, that this first-round pick this coming year? Like that's really the only thing that makes sense, right? I don't think you do all of this to just promote Caleb Martin because you're going to be able to do that anyway. And then maybe buy, and then maybe add somebody on the buyout market because you look at the names here. And again, we'll talk about it, but you're not doing all of this to add Paul Millsap, right? Like you're not doing all of this for that. Uh, but so you have to have some sort of inclination that there's something that we can do with this first round pick, and that brings us to PJ Washington, right? And this is the name. And credit to uh, Greg Sylvander over at Five Reason Sports. It's since been you know multiple reports from around the league tying P.J. Washington in the Miami Heat. If you can move, if you do all this with the KZ stuff, and then maybe you package together Omer Yurtsevin and Markeith Morris and a 2022 first-round pick that's got some protections, and then that conveys to the 2023 pick if it doesn't convey now, uh, for P.J. Washington, did, did you just do all of this and potentially open up yourself to a catastrophe in 2026? Did you do all that for P.J. Washington? I don't know. Again, I'm not criticizing the move. I'm just trying to explain the move in, in that, like, you don't do this if not for if it's there's, there's not another move down the line. If you, there's not something else that you anticipate doing, that's fair. I think I think we can start off with that point, saying that it, it feels like a move that is obviously being done in order to facilitate a secondary move. What that move oh, might saying. be, we don't we have no clear idea. I, I don't know. if PJ Washington is a guy. That doesn't necessarily mean the Heat don't see P.J. Washington as that guy. We talked about P.J. in the previous episode where we looked at his contract situation, his skill set, uh, things of that nature, and whether or not he'd be able to fit in here. You and I both agree that he's not a significant upgrade over the other P.J., that is Tucker, who's been playing phenomenally right. this year, has been arguably one of Miami's best players all season long. So if you're making this kind of a you know a move and, and trading a draft pick, et cetera, in order to get a backup 4-5 with some inconsistent shooting issues, I, it seems a little unusual. Right. Uh, but, you know, we'll, well talk about that in the next segment because I think let's let's put a pin I've in changed this. My, I've changed my stance on that. So how's that for a tease? Yeah, I actually all right, all right. changed my stance a little bit. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in the next segment. We'll also go through some potential list of buyout candidates that Miami might look to bring into the team to help them on their title run. And we'll also talk about how Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley both were recently added to the list of top 15 coaches in NBA history. But first, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to their playoffs right to the big game. In a couple days, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen. 
The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, and Locked on NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of a very blockbuster move. But you can also stay tuned here on Locked on Heat as we go live at 4 o'clock to talk about whatever potential trades might be happening with Miami down the road. By that point, we'll have known exactly what Miami's plans are. So make sure you subscribe here on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts to make sure to also turn on your notifications so that you know when we do go live. All right, we're talking about what's the outcome following the trade of Casey Opala to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They get a draft pick back. They make yeah. some moves there. It's a beginning, the starter of a, a foundational piece there as far as a transaction is concerned. And we have some potential options that I think Miami might be willing to explore. So why don't you kick us off and let yeah. us know what you think might happen next. Well, like oh, you no, said, we you, talked. You, to- yeah, you sorry, you got a big tease there. So now all of a sudden you think PJ Washington's a guy? Is that is that where I'm hearing? <laughs> I don't know if I think he's the guy, but maybe Miami does. So let's remember that they really liked P.J. Washington during the lead-up to that 2019 draft. He ends up going 13. Miami ends up getting Tyler Hero at 14. If you ask Miami now, they'll tell you we always wanted Tyler Hero at 14. But who knows? If if P.J. were there and Tyler were there at 14, I don't know who they pick. I have no idea. I just know that they really liked him. That's it. They also obviously really liked Tyler Hero. But they don't maybe have to choose anymore. Maybe they can have both of them. And I don't think they... You, if you want, if you're doing this, and you're going to put a package of Yurtsevin, Markeith Morris, and a protected 2022 first rounder, package that and give it to Charlotte. Charlotte, what their motivation is is, hey, now we don't have to worry about getting signing him to an extension this summer. Miami, yeah, big, we've yeah. always, we've always, we've always really liked PJ Washington. Now we can get him in. He's 23 years old, shoots 38 percent from three point range. We like some of his defensive versatility stuff. He's not starting over PJ Tucker. No, no. PJ Tucker's been awesome for you this year, but PJ Tucker's 36 years old. P.J. Washington is 23 years old. They've sorted through the Jay Crowders. They tried figuring it out. When Crowder left for Phoenix, they ended up with Mo Harkless, uh, Trevor Ariza. Like, it just didn't work that year. They finally get P.J. Tucker, but he's only under contract for this year. He's got an option for next year that he'll probably end up back with Miami next year. But uh, if you're looking for the long-term answer at Power Forward, not necessarily your starter right now because, again, Tucker's been awesome. But if you're looking for your long-term answer so you don't have to do this musical chairs every summer and where it's pretty apparent what works next to bam out of bio it's the jay crowder type it's the pj tucker type and if you think that pj washington is cut from that same cloth then yeah maybe it does make sense to part with a a pick this year that you don't think is going to be very good because again you think you're going to the finals and you're and if you're miami i suppose you're just not worried about the blind side in 2026 you just don't care about that being unprotected and you can find your long-term answer at power forward for the price of this pick that you don't think is going to be very good Omer Yurtsevin, who you found out of nowhere, and Markeith Morris, who hasn't really played for you all season. Yeah. That's not a bad deal. That's not a bad deal. But again, you've got to be pretty high on P.J. Washington uh, or really just not care about the year 2026. Yeah, I think it comes down to, at least for a lot of fans, is Washington an upgrade over what Yurtsevin could potentially provide? And I think the easiest first answer is also Yurtsevin's probably not going to get any playing time. Whether it's down the stretch of the regular season or in the playoffs, your seven's not going to touch the floor. He's too young. He's too inexperienced. They can't afford. They went to him only out of necessity when Deadman was hurt, when Bam was hurt. That's not a long-term solution. It's not even a short-term solution. No, and Ira uh, Winderman had a story this morning about how Yurtsevin thinks that that pair with him and Bam Adebayo could be the future of the Miami Heat. Stop with that, guys. It's just that's not the bad way it time. is. Bam Adebayo is a center. We know what works best next to him. It's not guys like Yurt. It's guys like PJ Washington, maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a theoretically. Option. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to come around on it too. And just in terms of, 
it seems more likely. It's also kind of unusual in a sense that we never really get these kind of vibes from Miami this early on in the transactional period where we have a clear vision of what they might be looking right. to do. Like at this point, they may not make a, t- a trade for PJ Washington, but we never get a sense of, Oh, we have interest in PJ Washington. We're going to make a move in free agency. Maybe to some degree you hear mm-hmm. leaks, you hear a guy like PJ Tucker, who they've long coveted or, you know, that they went after Lowry. last year, the trade that like Lowry, who they've wanted for years, you know, Jimmy Butler played with, you know, Dwayne Wade and it's cut from the same mm-hmm. cloth as the heat culture. So I, I just don't know. They could all be setting this up and all of a sudden go, ha ha, we actually have a bigger deal in mind. Maybe. that's the case, yeah, they might yeah. be able to package some of these draft picks along with perhaps Yurt 7 and maybe Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. and get one of those players uh, that uh, could contribute immediately and be a significant upgrade. I, I mean, it's just, it's hard for me to envision this because I think you and I have been pretty consistent in saying that this Heat team doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. I don't know that they necessarily need to acquire anybody to shore up any big gaps on their roster this season. They've got a backup point guard now with Gabe. They've got some wing defense with Caleb Martin. They've got some great shooting with Max Struess. Duncan does what Duncan does. Their starting unit is great. Yeah, an injury could derail that completely. What team wouldn't be derailed by any significant injury? And Miami has been able to weather the storm better than most. Having said that, you kind of look at size uh, a center position, or at least a big athletic big, uh, you know, an athletic big that could make up for some of the you know, some of the issues in rebounding that Miami might necessarily have. And if that's the case, does PJ Washington answer that? I don't know. That's it's a tough one. It's, I don't. It's kind of a different shift in offensive philosophy or just philosophy in general when you have Yurt Seven out there pulling up those big numbers in, in yeah. terms of his overall double digit rebounds. You know, the Andre Drummond comparison a little unfair, but I think that's where a lot of fans kind of. Well, the other thing too is that um, this is a team that wants to win now, right? And and yeah. you're and we're talking about some long term stuff. Like, is there? A, do you think PJ Washington is a guy who can help you win now, and sort of be the guy who stabilizes the front court for the future? Me, and again, Miami was very high on him going to the draft. Maybe they maybe they think that that's so. I, I don't know that PJ Washington is moving the needle for you right now, but he yeah. at least is more helpful than what Markeith Morris is giving you right now. And That's so you, at least you have somebody at that backup power forward spot where you don't really have somebody to man that position. And again, right. you're stabilizing your front court for the future because I don't I don't think the Heat believe that Bam Adebayo and Omar Yurtsevin is the front court of the future. That is not a thing that they think in that building. They actually they don't know it. what the front court of the future is. And yeah. this would answer it. But to your point, they don't really have a glaring need on this roster. So maybe and you're gonna go, you're gonna do all this and you're gonna and, and you're gonna leave that risk. Four or five years down the road, you're going to do all that for a backup uh, power forward right now. When you're in, you're you're kind of a team that is on the finals path. You're you're in win. You are in win now mode. You are. You ought to be. And is there a bigger upgrade? Maybe we're. Maybe we've just been because you're. They don't. They don't really telegraph what it is that they want to do. But in this trade, they kind of did just with by by adjusting the protections. They want to use a first round pick soon. I don't think you do all this just because you value the flexibility, right? And, and Miami has historically valued cap and protect and draft pick flexibility. Right. They like being able to do, but unless they think something is coming down the pike in the off season, whether it's Lillard or Beal or Donovan Mitchell or something like that, and they know they need, but you could have done this in the off season. You could, if it wasn't KZ, you could have done something else to, to unlock these picks. So it feels like something is imminent here with the yeah. trade deadline, only a few hours away. Is it? So let's move off of PJ Washington. If not him, We've we've heard rumors of Christian Wood out of Houston, yep. but now we're sort of taught like Christian Wood's better than Yurtsevin right now and, and has a higher ceiling probably, but 
we, we've done this. Like, that doesn't really seem like a real good fit. Wood and Bam Adebayo in the front court. Bradley Beal's just had a season-ending surgery, so that's not an option, at least right now. Right. Jeremy Grant's being bandied about, but like, and I think Detroit would value a first-round pick, but I don't see where he fits in on this roster. Harrison Barnes is a name that's out there, but yeah. now we're hearing from Chris Mannix over at Sports Illustrated, Sacramento doesn't really want a future asset, and what is a first-round pick but a future asset? Sacramento obviously is... they. Talk about not caring about the future. They just want to try to get better right now. I don't know that there's anything Miami can give them that's better than Harrison Barnes. So I I don't really know. I don't really yeah. know where we're going with this. Yeah, and, and you know, kind of tying back to what I said before, like the, the way that Miami does it, as you mentioned, telegraph these kinds of moves. There could be a name somewhere out there that we haven't even considered. And mm-hmm. I mean, we look through these rosters and you kind of say, oh, maybe that's the guy. It's hard to really envision what general managers are thinking this time of year. Sometimes sometimes it just kind of feels like they make this move after weeks and weeks of conversations and they go, oh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and pull the trigger. Let's see what happens. Take a chance and, and we'll figure it out later on. But right now, I mean, they they, they made that move in 2000, was it 18 to acquire Dwayne Wade too? No one saw that coming. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, we've seen this front office move in the shadows before uh, and who knows if they've got another name that they might like better maybe it's somebody that they can pry from a new york or, or somebody else another houston deal or something it's hard to envision um bad young is another name that has been linked as a buyout candidate but also as a potential trade option is he that guy i mean do you give up the shooting of duncan robinson just to acquire a guy like I young at this point in his career no, I, I just not. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, especially if you can get a guy like Washington for significantly less. You right. keep your depth. You keep your shooting. It just doesn't make much sense. So should we that, even talk about? Okay, yeah, go ahead. No, I've got a list, but that's why I keep landing back with PJ Washington. It just it makes sense. He's better than what you got right now. Lord, you've always liked his game. He does project as the guy that could stabilize your front court for the future. And and right. but the other thing that comes with that. You're going to have to sign him to an extension the same way you're going to have to sign Tyler Hero to an extension this summer. Right. And so maybe that there's dominoes that go with that that we could talk about literally over the summer where you might have to clear some cap space in order to kind of make this roster a little bit cheaper. Or if you're Mickey Harrison, you just say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll have one of the most expensive payrolls in the NBA. I'm okay with that. Who knows? Maybe FTX yeah. has given them that much money. I have no idea. But uh, buyout, buyout names, because we should talk about it because he do have an open roster spot. And every time I get a Twitter notification, I like I'm checking here. But. Uh, Tristan Thompson got traded to the Pacers and all that mess that happened yesterday. Uh, could he be bought out? Yeah. Is Miami a landing spot? Maybe if they end up trading Yurt and you want some to shore up the back. But I don't love the idea of Tristan Thompson in, in South Beach. That, that, nope. that seems problematic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Paul Millsap, we talked about. He's got nothing left in the tank. If he could contribute, Brooklyn wouldn't be buying him out. Tomas Sadaransky, he's now moved to the Spurs. Um, Again, not really a position of need for Miami, especially when you got Oladipo coming back. Thaddeus Young has been talked about quite a bit. Um, he's gonna if he gets if, if he does get bought out by San Antonio, no suitors. And maybe Miami is a good one. Hey, we'll give you the backup power forward minutes, whatever. But maybe there's other minutes in LA or Brooklyn or other teams that can offer more of an opportunity there. Yeah. Um, just Serge stop Ibaka. me anytime you want to talk about more. But Eric Bledsoe, uh, yeah. he's in Portland. Probably not. He's a clutch client, there. so he's a clutch client. So that seems good very point. unlikely. Done. Gary uh, Harris is a name from Orlando. Yeah. Uh, unclear if they're going to buy him out, but it's been a rumor, right? Um, I All the reports out of Lakerland, again, is that he would go there. Maybe that's some home cooking reporting right there. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like that, Everybody's that, that he'd Laker. have a, 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 an opportunity as much as the Lakers do for him. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mentioned Ibaka. You, you, don't, yeah. you don't think he's an option? I think he's been playing a little bit better lately. That he showed interest in Miami as a free agency yeah. option. He played with Kyle before in Toronto. I think he'd be a, a hard worker that they appreciate. Uh, a guy again that's been linked to the team, kind I of similarly to what we see. What we see, he could sit Tucker in the corner, do. make threes. He doesn't have to play a ton. He would sort of replace. Won a championship. Uh, you yeah. know, he comes to work. Little problematic sometimes in the locker room, but I think some of those concerns have been alleviated over the past few years. Right. And is Miami he problematic shown... for other teams, or is he problematic in the way that Jimmy Butler is problematic? <laughs> that's a good. Point. I don't know. That's a good point. So we'll, we'll see. I think I think that seems like a likely one. And, and look, and I keep coming back to this. I know that you don't think it uh, seems likely to happen, but Goran Dragic, if he gets bought out, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a no brainer. They always take care of their own. Like I said before, that family situation. It's just. They felt so strongly about Goron. They 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 hated to part with him. And you've seen the back and forth between the Heat and, and Goron in terms of what he says about this franchise and vice versa and what he contributes and everything else. And I think if he winds up becoming a free agent, I, I know you, you know, you texted me and you said, Oh no, he's going to Dallas. But I don't know that he's a significant he's gonna get significantly more playing time with the Mavericks than he would in Miami. Plus, I don't know that he cares also at this point because he's probably not quite the player he once was. And having said that, I think he would rather come to a place that he feels comfortable, where his family is, and where he can, I think, uh, just retire with some peace of mind and also potentially with a championship. So that seems like a no-brainer to me. If I thought that they were going to be able to add anybody as a buyout, maybe not necessarily a guy who's going to be making a huge impact, but just for the vibe sense. And we've seen that this team makes moves like this in the past when they acquired Dwayne, when they re-signed UD, et cetera. I think they'd be uh, much more apt to do than a lot of people think. Dragic hasn't left Miami, right? No, he's still here. He, he's still, he just hasn't even left. So maybe, look, maybe there's something to that. I just, I keep, re- I, I don't know how much to believe these reports. Again, all of this might be small. I have no idea. All of them say that he's going to Dallas if he gets bought out. But you're right. I, I think the Heat, if they had the spot, they would give him a call. I don't know. I, I, I'm not ruling it out. I just, maybe I'm reading too much into the reports. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about that. And we want to hear from you too. If you have suggestions, if you have uh, inklings as who Miami might want to add, please make sure to submit those via the comments on YouTube. And as always, you can email us uh, at lockedonheat at gmail.com. But first, just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com with an ever increasing number of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you might need. Why endure often pointless? or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. What's the point? You've got computers in your pocket or at home, which means you've got access to rockauto.com. Save time and save money when using Rock Auto. Their website is so easy to use. Just a few clicks and you get the parts that you're looking for right away. You can fix your car on your own. I know I've talked about it. You said it was a humble brag, but I, you know, I, I want to save a couple hundred bucks, whatever I can. And rock auto was a good way of doing so to make uh, minor changes in the, uh, in my car. And you can find all the parts that you're looking for again, and they're easy to use websites. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or for your truck. And then when you go to the section that says, how did you hear about us? Write the phrase locked on. So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Just a reminder, again, that you can reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us via Twitter. Use the hashtag AskLOHeat. Uh, so many people have written in and submitted comments. We'll probably be doing a mailbag at some point soon. And of course, a, another reminder that we'll be doing a live recap of the NBA trade deadline on Thursday at 4 p.m. So make sure you check in for that. 
Anyway, uh, are we done with the potential trade yeah. targets? Yeah, I think I we'll think we, we don't know. Yeah, it's just it, it kind of sucks, and I feel like I'm putting myself in the perspective of our viewer and our listener. It's like, well, you really didn't say anything. It's like I don't know that there's much to say. We know that something else is going to happen. That's and the yet point. We, yeah, we can't we can't foresee what it is because Miami has often moved so secretly in the past that they could have a swing for the fences that we haven't even considered. And if that's the case, well, you know, like, like most people we haven't even considered. Uh, so I just don't, I don't think it's easy to predict exactly what the next move is. If I had to bet, and I will say this much, and I think you and I are in agreement here, PJ Washington seems like the likely move, maybe the safe move because you're getting an upgrade. You're getting a long-term plug and play player uh, that fits the timeline of this team and being able to make an immediate co- impact. And also down the road when Bam and Tyler are the centerpieces of this franchise, but uh, yeah, I just I think that it's a given that this they are going to trade a first round pick soon. That seems very likely. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, some news that were made uh, was made, excuse me, on Wednesday evening or wait Tuesday evening on TNT. Uh, they as the NBA is celebrating their 75th anniversary, and of course talking about the 75 best players of all time. They also put out a list of the 15 best coaches in NBA history, 15 best coaches in NBA history. And you think about all the dozens and dozens and dozens of coaches that had incredible success at one point or another. And the top 15, and I'll read that list right now, Red Auerbach, Chuck Daly, Phil Jackson, Lenny Wilkins, Larry Brown, Red Holtzman, Casey Jones, Don Nelson, Jack Ramsey, of course, our own Dr. Jack, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Doc Rivers, Jerry Sloan, and two notable names, Pat Riley and Eric Spolster, the Heat, represented with two names on that list. Now, we should also mention the Knicks have some representation with Phil Jackson, who coached there. Uh, Riley, of course, coached with the Knicks, but he won a championship here in Miami. Of course, Spo won two with the Heat. Uh, he's our guy. Well, They're three, our guys. Uh, right? As an assistant. No, he know. wasn't an assistant in 2016, was he? I don't. Well, maybe he was. Yeah, you're right. He was in 2006. He wasn't with yeah. the, uh, the. Yeah, he was. I don't know that that counts for his record. He was a video coordinator or whatever, an assistant or whatever it was, but like, I don't know yeah. if that counts, but he's got three rings. Uh, I was surprised, weren't you, to see him? And then like, I was a little surprised that he got the recognition. I, 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 it feels right. It feels right. Just, it feels right. I was but, just surprised to see him on the list. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at these names. I mean, Jerry Sloan never won a title with the Utah Jazz. Had incredible success, a lot of winning there. But, I mean, so much of that was tied to that, you know, pick-and-roll duo that they had there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers has the one ring, Umbutu, over in Boston. Uh, but he's had a lot of first-round exits. A lot of people were critical of that. I think I think that's knocking Doc. I've always liked Doc in terms of, like, talking to him and things of that sort. I mean, he's 10th um, on an all-time wins list. He has a championship. I mean, what, what, I'm, what my takeaway from this was, like, Oh, there really hasn't been like a ton of awesome NBA coaches in the 75 year history of the league. Like, you know, not to like diss anybody, but, uh, you know, Steve Kerr hasn't even been coaching all that long, you know, like, like the names like Red Auerbach, Pat Riley, Chuck Daly, like these, like like all these guys, they make sense, you know, but like Doc Rivers, he kind of, he feels like fine. Like he's been a fine coach for a long time. He gets along with the media, gets along with people that he works with. And so he's kind of, you know, turned out a long career as an NBA head coach, but top 15 ever? Like, mm. I that I don't know. And Eric Spolster is only 51 years old, uh, has, has only been a head coach for 14 years. I'm not saying he doesn't belong on this list. He absolutely belongs on this list. There's no doubt about it. And, and you know how I feel about Eric Spolster. I might be number one in the Eric Spolster fan club, but um, he, he's 24th right now in league history in, in total wins which is actually a credit to how many games he's won in such a short amount of time. But um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I just that it's, it's, a, it's, it's just a little weird to see this. Um, Eric ends up number one on wins, right? At the end of his yeah. career. Oh, oh, that's tough. I mean, so he's at he's at six hundred and forty two now. He's coached fourteen years. Number one is Don Nelson. He coached thirty one years. He's at one thousand three hundred thirty five wins. So if you just assume that or you double, double that. Uh, by year 28, he'll be at almost 1,300 wins. And yeah, he'll only be what, 55, 56 years old, right? Yeah. No, no, uh, 65, 66. He's only 51 yeah. right now. I, I don't know. I, I, You know, we've talked about this before on the show. That it seems like the natural progression for him. If uh, annoying Spo the way we do and having seen him, uh, you know, talk about these sorts of things, he loves the challenge, the next thing. Um, I could see a slide in the front office, similarly mm. to what his father did in Portland. So maybe he just steps away and says, "You know what? I want to. I want to spend time with my wife and kids. I want to be able to focus on them as they grow up, as they uh, advance in their lives, and and not necessarily travel as much and be away from them as much as I was during their youth. Uh, and now I'll just assume a front office position once Pat Riley eventually retires. I mean, I, I've said that before. I think that seems like a good fit for him because he can evaluate players. So having said that, I think he just loves the work too much, the, yeah. the being out there on the court. So it doesn't seem like a move likely to happen anytime soon. But Sometimes literally out there on the court. Very yeah. often literally out there on the court. <laughs> In the middle of the game, yes. yes. Yeah. Even with, with time not stopped and, and waving his <laughs> arms, clipboard in hand and yelling at, at a referee. Um, You know, I, I, he certainly deserves it. I don't think there's any arguing of that. I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, he had LeBron. He underachieved with LeBron. It's such absolute horseshit. You right. name one coach on this list that didn't win with great players, and it's not like we haven't seen before. Like, you know, you're talking about Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr at one point, and with his three rings, had Kevin Durant, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That's three, maybe even a fourth potential Hall of Famer in Draymond Green on the roster. Yeah, I would argue definitely four. Yeah, so Andre Iguodala might be another Hall of Famer. Sorry, yeah, sorry, five <laughs> Hall of Famers. So yeah, um, you know, you can't no, win without right. a great player. They're 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 tied together. That's just the nature of. Well, that's this what I guess. Maybe if there is a big takeaway, and I've had now, I guess, three big takeaways from this one thing. But like, I, I, he's finally getting the respect, and I think it. I think he started getting it after the bubble, the twenty nineteen finals. After yeah. that year, that GM survey went out, and everybody was like, Eric Spolster is literally the best at every coaching category. He was. They ranked him number one at every category in the GM survey. And you're like, okay, he's starting to get some national respect, at least from his peers. Not that it wasn't there before. I think the other coaches, you talk to other coaches, and they're very much like, no, Spolstra is like the man. I, you just, I remember talking to Brad Stevens about it, uh, Steve Kerr about it multiple times. Uh, right. But those GM surveys aren't really you know, f- filled out by head coaches. They're filled out by some assistant to the GM, and those people just follow narratives. And at that point, the narrative is shaped by like the national conversation, the media, all this stuff. And so now you're starting to see that that respect. And now with this, it's like, oh, okay, he's not just Pat Riley's puppet. He's not just riding the coattails of LeBron James. This dude is legit one of the best 15 coaches we've ever seen him come through this league. Yeah. And I don't know that they're this this doesn't get ranked. They only list it in alphabetical order. Yeah. I don't know where if he would. I don't know if he would have been closer to one or closer to 15. I have no clue. But whatever, he's in the top 15. I think it's a good, it's an apt honor to have. I think it makes a lot of and sense. And we should point out, we should point out that Dwayne Wade had some really nice comments. He, he seemed legitimately psyched up about the yes. announcement on the TNT broadcast, just talking about, like, he was like whooping it up and just saying, Spo, like, you could see the kind of energy of that's his guy, that's my guy. That was the one who was, I was in the trenches with, mm-hmm. not only in 2006, but all the way through, like, when he took over as coach in 2008. And he said some really poignant remarks there about, 
you know, Pat Riley laying the blueprint and Eric Spolstra taking it and making it even better, improving upon it. And that's the heat culture that we know today. As much as Pat laid some foundation down, and that's inarguable, Spo has taken it and built upon it and made it something truly special and long-lasting. So shout out to Eric Spolster. Well-deserved honor. He gets his flowers and he absolutely deserves them. But we'll wrap it up here. Of course, again, we'll be covering the NBA trade deadline live tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. And remember to continue making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. And also make sure to check out Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Up and up, B.